0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Joining us on the show today is a TCK I met uh, about a year ago, and when I say met, I mean that loosely in that I heard him preach uh, once here at Grace Community Church in Gresham, Oregon, and uh, I think, if I recall correctly, up on the screen was this picture of a hole in the ground, and it was not just any old hole in the ground. It was a garbage pit, and I was like, this is a true MK, uh, to grow up with a garbage pit. And sure enough, it was a garbage pit, and I'm like, okay, we got to meet, Guy. And so this is our first time to really meet and sit down um, and talk face-to-face, but uh, joining us is uh, Gabe Myers. Um, Gabe, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us where you're from.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. My name's Gabe. Obviously, you said that, but... uh yeah, that garbage pit was real. <laughs> I did grow up in, in Paraguay. We had a, an outhouse a whole bit uh, for a while without electricity. Yeah. But I grew up in Paraguay. My parents are still missionaries there. Mm. And um, my story's been from uh, growing up in Paraguay to living in various states here. You know, North Dakota, Kansas, uh, Oregon. Okay. Um, yeah, so the longest place I've lived has been here in Oregon for the past uh, 10 years.
0: Okay, 10 years, that's a good run for any MK. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. North Dakota, where are you at North Dakota? Uh, Ross, North Dakota, it's
1: about an hour west of Minot. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. My
0: folks live in Valley City right now. Oh, yeah. Between Fargo and Jamestown.
1: Yep, been through yeah. there many times. I'm sure, right
0: <laughs> on the interstate, you can't miss it. Yep. Yeah,
1: cool. Huh? And what do you do, Gabe? Um. So, I'm, I'm a pastor here at Grace Community Church. Um, I felt a real strong calling Uh, from God Mm. to be involved in Hispanic ministry. I I obviously grew up speaking Spanish. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up speaking Spanish and a native language, Guarani. Okay. uh, Which Paraguay is a weird Latino country. Mm. It's a bilingual country where a lot of white and mestizo people are proud to speak the native language, (laughs) which Mm. is unusual.
0: That is interesting.
1: Yeah. um, But I'm also uh, an MK, but... um, a little odd in itself because my, my mother's Paraguayan mm. and my dad's American. Okay. So I feel 100% Paraguayan mm. and 100% uh, American. Yeah. And so I identify with both cultures well and mm. I know a lot of MKs who would uh, come down They're the foreigner in the country. Right. Um, I wasn't treated as a foreigner. My mother sent me to the local mm. uh, national school well so in many ways I actually felt like the U.S. growing up down there I felt like the U.S. is another country mm-hmm. and it isn't I didn't feel like mine until I came up here mm. and started getting invested in school and family uh was around yeah yeah sure so yeah that's right that's where I grew up um currently I'm a pastor here I felt a uh, calling to work with Hispanics just in the area one of the things I noticed was um there are a lot of people in ministry who can reach out to the anglos mm-hmm. but uh god just laid it on my heart a few years ago to invest in the hispanic ministry just in, in, mm-hmm. in hispanic people mm-hmm. there seemed to be a real um a lack of people who could minister to them here and yeah. there were a lot of people who needed it yeah specifically when i got here in 2008 i didn't want to do this mm-hmm. um uh, I, I definitely was following god with my life and i I wanted to be involved in ministry, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily want to be involved in Hispanic ministry. Hmm. Um, but the month that I got here, when I came back off the mission field in Bolivia, yeah, um, the pastor of this Hispanic group died. Mm. And I knew the group, so mm-hmm. i had come back and I just kind of came back to see how they were doing, mm. started getting connected, and uh, yeah. yeah. And God just tugged at my heart and said, I want you here. Wow. Yeah. Hmm
0: just when you were talking about how you really felt like accepted and at home in Paraguay, I've known some, uh, some MKs who said that, you know, they're, um, half American and half the other race, and they're treated like an outsider in both worlds, you know? Yeah. And it seems like for you that may have been the opposite and that you felt very much at home there and that you've come to feel, um, very much at home here in the States as well.
1: Yeah. It took a while here. Mm Um, I mean, uh, I was three when we went down. Okay, so I had, I was learning to speak the language. Yeah, but then going to Paraguay, suddenly I was now I had to learn Spanish to speak it well. My mother spoke when I was a baby, I'm sure, but sure, but it was definitely different. Yeah, so, there's nothing like immersion to put you to the <laughs> test, right? <laughs> it's a struggle. Yeah, yeah. But uh, coming back, I came for a little bit in elementary, but uh, we w- went back, and then I was 17 when we came up to stay, mm-hmm. when I stayed, and uh, <laughs> I remember my uh, this is North Dakota. You know, there there weren't any Mexicans or Hispanics uh, in in the school system. I was it. Right. Oh, my Um, goodness. And my brothers in the lower grades. Uh, But the first day of class, I was a junior, so they they put me in English 3, English composition. Oh, man. I hadn't had English since fifth grade when I came (laughs) the last time to the States. Yeah. You know, and so I knew some of the same kids. Yeah. But my language ability was... So far
0: away. Oh, my goodness.
1: Um, So here I'm in English three and uh, the first day of class, the teacher asked us to write an essay about our summer. Mm. And so I wrote, you know, a broken paragraph in English (laughs) and I spoke enough English that the teacher thought I spoke it fluently. Mm. And so she read my broken paragraph and she threw it back on my desk and mm. basically read me out for in front of the class. Yeah. What are you doing, slacker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And it was it was really hard. Um, yeah. So later I had a conversation with her mm. and, I'm, and she said, oh, I didn't realize you didn't speak English. You know, we should move you down to a middle school class or something. Right. And I said, no, you know, please don't do that. I, I really want to do this. Please give me a chance. So I just, I begged her. Yeah. And... She said, okay, I'll let you try it. Mm. And so it was sink or swim. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I remember bugging. uh, There was one girl, a girl in class that she was, she seemed to be nice, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. So I bothered her. I (laughs) pestered her just to see what she was doing. And I learned, uh, I got a D in the class, but I passed it, (laughs) Mm. you know? Yeah. Um, It it was hard, Mm -hmm. but I could kind of see. Just my perspective on life was defined more on... At that point, I, I had enough of a, f- a foundation in faith. Um, I had my doubts in faith, sure. but I had enough foundation that that I could see the shallowness in things. Mm. Um, so a lot of the kids there were defining their identity and uh, what they had, yeah. or who they were, or in sports, yeah, or sure. their, their groups. Mm-hmm. And I decided yeah, I'm not going to do that. Mm. Um, I'm just going to be who I am. And I sat with uh, a group of kids that a lot of them didn't quite fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they wanted to be my friend, I, I, I was real. Mm-hmm. And so I was just, I had some friends. Mm. Um, there was some struggle in that, but, um, but I, I didn't, I, I fit and I still felt like I, I was, I was learning to fit in. Yeah. Um, college was really hard the first two years. Mm. Um, I, I actually made a choice. I was about to join the Navy. Okay. And uh, the day the recruiter was at my house, you know, he gave me his speech, gave me the document to sign, and uh, at the end I said, I, I felt, you know, God saying, you know, I, I really want you to go to Bible college at least for one year. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so I said no to the recruiter, mm-hmm. and I signed up to go to a Bible college for one year. Okay. At the end of the year, I decided to stay few mm-hmm. more years but that first year was a real struggle mm-hmm. uh just linguistically academically yeah you know i had c's d's sure. in my classes but yeah. um but over the course of the three years i i got a good handle on the language mm-hmm. um and by the fourth year my gpa was up mm-hmm. um yeah um i don't know does that answer your question Some? yeah
0: no it does definitely um Something that stands out to me in your story in particular is that you know, it seems like when you moved back to the States uh, for the first time, you were, um, you were still learning the language and very much on the outside, and, and that um, you said so many of your peers had their identity in uh, perhaps more um, transient, superficial things like sports and who their friend group is or uh, what the most popular hobby in their life is, whereas you could, maybe either couldn't or didn't um, identify with that and I think um, oftentimes God puts us in a place of isolation, just um, as a time for growth. You know, how many you know Bible stories start that way? Like Moses out in the wilderness, Jesus out in the wilderness. Yeah, um, all these people out in the wilderness. Uh, I think perhaps a lot of TCKs do have this wilderness experience, and it's very, trans- very formative in their faith. And it can feel hard in the moment. Yeah, I'm an extreme extrovert, and I don't like being alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, it's really, um, there's nothing else like spending that time with God, you know, God and yourself and coming to grips with both of those two people.
1: Yeah. 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 When I look at uh, I have a lot of missionary kid friends Mm -hmm. who are now adults, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and I I know that some of them struggle even now, they'll come back from the field. I know my dad, Mm -hmm. Uh, he's actually from here uh, living in Paraguay. Right. And he comes back, he's an American, but he culturally... Has lived most of his life down there, so mm-hmm. he's There are times when he's uneasy here. Yeah, you know sure. Uh, I bet cultural changes. Yeah, it changes fast. Yeah, it does definitely. Yeah, um, but I think I've got a friend my age. Just spoke to him uh, a couple weeks, ago, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, that was one thing that um, s- someone oh. told him that he culturally he that he was disconnected culturally. Mm-hmm. Someone told him that, and that mm-hmm. he couldn't adjust. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just feel that that was a very ignorant statement. Yeah, really. Because as, as far as I know, when I look at MKs and I get to know them, um, the the ability that MKs have to adapt to culture is It's amazing. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I've never met people who can adapt to culture like they can.
0: Right. Absolutely. The one. Stipulation is that, like, I think you know, MK, MKs slash TCKs, people who grew up, you know, adapting to cultures their whole life, their whole upbringing, yeah, they adapt more quickly and more easily than anyone else. Perhaps there's a difference between adaptation and ownership, you know,
1: that's the issue, yeah,
0: yeah. I think maybe yeah. MKs might um, find that they have difficulty taking ownership of any culture in particular. I think sometimes they do, um, but I think that that can be difficult or take a lot longer than adaptation. Yeah. As far as adaptation, adaptation. I mean, like you know, getting comfortable with the culture and learning social norms and picking up on cues. I think there's um, MKs and TCGs have a unique advantage in that regard, definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. and I do. Their struggle is definitely more uh, inward. It's it's do I (laughs) do I feel like I fit in? (laughs) That that's really the hard. That's it. Yeah, Yeah. and maybe not be that. It's not that they don't. It's more of a personal the way they evaluate themselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so tell me, do you feel like you fit in? Um,
1: yeah, at this point I I feel like I fit in, in both cultures easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, there are times when I'll have conversations with people Mm -hmm. and it might be, they're talking about a specific topic like music in the, um, 80s or whatever yeah. i wasn't here in the 80s so i yeah. I wouldn't have any idea yeah you know right. and so i'll feel out of place like what are you talking about or uh watching jeopardy you know <laughs> it's like the jeopardy the questions they ask are usually culturally uh aimed at th- the student who went to school in the u.s right i won't know the i won't know a lot of the answers you get right. to international topics that's for fun <laughs> <laughs> um there you go yeah but um you i'll feel out of place depending on the topic yeah but um when we talk about when you sit down with someone, they're more than just a topic, they're people, yeah. you know, right? Absolutely, <laughs> so absolutely. Um, if we can look outside of that, yeah, uh, yeah, and see people
0: for who they are as opposed to the things that they know, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. When it comes to you mentioned something else, though, you said, um, uh, uh, kids who walk away from their faith, mm-hmm. MKs,
0: right? Yeah, one of my uh, biggest concerns is, um, MKs who walk away from their faith, um. More because um, they're in pain than anything else. I yeah. think you know. Um, I have respect for people who decide that you know this this faith is illogical to me, and I need to um, I need to pursue something else that makes more sense. I'm mm-hmm. I'm like okay, you know, you do you. Um, but for kids who say I can no longer be a Christian because I'm in too much pain, that just breaks my heart. Yeah, like, you know. Um, so I think like um, there are kids out there. There are a lot of MKs who are um, in a place of um, who are in a place of struggling with their faith, or struggling in their relationship with God, or uncertain of what that really means or really looks like? It's on my heart to see them um, come through that uh, pain and make the major life decisions about the worldview is going to be and the life that they're kind of they're going to live, uh, because it uh, because it's the right decision, not because not because uh, trauma and heartbreak led them to that.
1: Yeah. Um. What I've seen mm-hmm. over and over again, not just in. I mean, it's it's really specific in MKs, mm-hmm. but even PKs, pastor kids. Sure. Know, yeah. Um, is that a lot of times ministry can consume a pastor's life, mm. and more so a missionary's life, mm-hmm. and it can consume it to the point that um, family becomes um, low on the priority list. Sure. And the pain is a relational pain between a father and a son. Or between mom, dad, and the and the child, it can even it can wreck mari- marriages. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, so I see that a lot. Like you know, um, missionaries who go um, and over time they send their kids to boarding school. Or I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have great friends who are following Christ today who were who went to boarding school. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they their, their parents were very intentional in uh, investing in their families' lives, mm. uh, first yeah. and in ministry second. Right. You know, and a lot of times I think we have it backwards. We feel that God wants us to be invested in missions and it's, um, it's, I'm going to burn out for Jesus kind of mentality. Right. And yeah. The mentality is more of a sprint to the finish line mm-hmm. rather than a marathon. Mm-hmm. Where, and it is a marathon distance, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. The Christian life is a marathon. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. not a sprint. That's right. yeah. Know, but I think a lot of times we live it. And we look at uh, a lot of examples of missionaries mm-hmm. where we'll read the stories of uh, guys like George Mueller or, or people who did burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of great things they did. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we put them on a pedestal and we think everything they did, they did well. Right. When I look at the Bible, the heroes of the faith... Yeah. were perfect people. That's right. They had their their downfalls. Yeah, and I think a lot of times we read missionary biographies, and we read all the good things, so we feel like that's what we need to do, mm-hmm. and we don't see the other side, the <laughs> the things that we we should have learned from. Right. Personally, in my life, um, I, I went to the mission field, um, and I had a downfall mm-hmm. as a as a as a husband and a dad, mm. and I went down as as a as a Paraguayan, mm-hmm. a culturally Hispanic kid to a Hispanic country. Yeah, my wife was Anglo; mm-hmm. she didn't speak the language, mm-hmm. and so I just assumed, oh, she'll pick it up because she's brilliant, and mm-hmm. I know she can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quickly got invested in ministry. Um, mm-hmm. I was running a K twelve private Christian school for. Uh, for Bolivian kids mm. you know so I was in a place where I was impacting society bringing kids to Christ yeah um, and I got invested in, in the school but I also got invested in, in the church I was on the preaching team you know I uh, had a small group at, at home mm. and very quickly I was first place was ministry and yeah. the second and the the, the 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 person suffering was my wife and my kids yeah and I felt like I was doing the right thing because I was serving God. Right. Um, my priority wasn't in the right place as, mm-hmm. a, as a husband and, and a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I came back in 2008, I, it was by the grace of God. Um, it was hard. Uh, my daughter went through illness mm. that we couldn't solve in Bolivia Mm-hmm. So he used that to bring us back here and he, mm-hmm. he basically said, well, this is indefinite. Mm-hmm. We are not going to give you doctors here. He said, well, she's not having the same issues here because of the weather, mm-hmm. but you can't go back. <laughs> oh, man. So and during that time, I felt that's why I said I really didn't want to get invested in ministry mm-hmm. because I felt down there I was hurting my family and I I was really confused. Mm-hmm. Um, And God started teaching me some things. One was. Uh, God saying, I don't need you to yeah. do ministry. Yeah. I I could make the rocks do what you're doing if I wanted to, you know. Yeah. And he doesn't need us. Mm-hmm. So my question was, well, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And I think what God truly wants is us to love him, mm-hmm. to be in relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And from that relationship um, will flow what he wants us to do. Yeah. And the first thing in my life was, I want you to invest in your wife and kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second thing through that and starting out healthily was invest in this ministry here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so God's been just now, uh, 10 years later, it's been very fruitful. Um, The Hispanic ministry we're involved in here is, uh, it's grown. Um, I'm just extremely grateful and I'm not closing the door we haven't, my wife and I haven't to possibly going back out to the mission field someday. It it might be, we have some friends asking, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not planning on it going right now. There's no Mm -hmm. big plan to do that, Yeah, but I'm not closing the door on it either. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think to MKs that are hurting, Mm -hmm. um, we don't, I don't know why, you know, um, and, uh, i taught at a private private christian school for years Mm -hmm. um here in the states and i think one big challenge for anyone who is a pastor's kid or a missionary kid is this issue of faith for years we live in our parents home and we we follow god mostly because our parents have faith Mm -hmm. and we may have come to christ even have a relationship with them but um coming to Christ and being saved is one thing yeah choosing to follow him with your life that's another thing that's right and, and uh, we have to make that choice on our own our parents can't make it for yeah. us those years in high school 16, 17 mm-hmm. I had a foundation of faith to know what was shallow mm-hmm. but I also had part of me that started questioning things like well you know how do I know my parents faith was real
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they're, they're honest people yeah and they love God but what if they're just honestly wrong right yeah. yeah so I started asking these questions and I I went to Bible college mm-hmm. that first year mm-hmm. I was I had all these doubts mm-hmm. um, I read my Bible and I put question marks in it because mm-hmm. I was like, oh look I found a mistake in the Bible mm-hmm. how do I know this is reliable? Wow. You know, what
0: an interesting place to be in Bible college going through all these questions. <laughs> yep.
1: And I would listen to professors and uh, I was just looking for some mistake, just yeah. some error. Yeah. And I found a lot. I started finding finding some things that I thought were, oh, look at that, you know, that yeah. doesn't line up. Right. Um, but then I started my last year of college. Um, I actually went away from the school to do some student teaching. Mm-hmm. And someone someone gave me a Bible. You know, and in it they wrote, "This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book." And mm-hmm. I was struggling um, with some things, mm-hmm. and uh, but I remember having a conversation with God, mm-hmm. and I got the Bible and I thought, you know, and it was dr- when I was having this conversation that that someone handed me the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, my question was, Lord, if you are real, then you have to prove it. Right? If you're real, you are real, I want, I, I need to know. Mm-hmm. And just an honest conversation with God. Mm-hmm. If you're real, I need to know. I need to hear from you. Mm. And I remember that's when someone handed me the Bible. Mm. And so uh, I, I, in those conversations, I said, "Lord, if you're real, I'm going to read this differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read it not because it's a textbook that I have to, you know, know. But yeah. I want to read it to know you. Yeah. And I started reading through it again, and it was like taking a flashlight uh, into the dark corners of my life mm. and God saying, you know, I want to show you some things about how you're living. Mm. I want to show you some things about all those questions you have. And mm-hmm. I started going through those question marks mm-hmm. and scratching them off and seeing, okay, that was definitely, uh, true. Mm. No, it's not a lie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, interesting. And, um, the God of the Bible just became so real. I, I came to a point where I, I remember, uh, Coming down and thinking, okay, God, you are real. And if you're real, then you just, he just felt huge, just Mm -hmm. majestic, Mm uh, over everything. Mm -hmm. And I felt very insignificant Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, God, I, I want to, I want to live for you. Yeah. And so from that point on, I've, uh, started making different decisions and lined up, just tried, decided to line up my life with what God wanted. Mm -hmm. and he is um he hasn't made me rich or (laughs) famous or anything like that but um and i I don't care it's but he has blessed me yeah uh i love my wife yeah our six kids are our great kids (laughs) you know uh, they all have their struggles but god's been good Hmm. a couple things that stand
0: out to me uh one is that um you know i think it's really cool that you um Really seem to live with uh, question marks, not only in your Bible but perhaps also in your life a little bit uh, for a while. And I think that's a totally okay place to be. You know, I think yeah. there are a lot of people who are there, and I think sometimes you get in this idea that like, man, if I'm a good Christian, I'm not going to ask questions. Oh man! But like, you know, <laughs> even in the characters in the Bible, angel shows up to Mary. Mary, I am an angel of the Lord, and I'm here <laughs> to deliver to you a special message straight from you know who, the big guy upstairs. <laughs> yeah. And Mary's response is. How's that supposed to happen? You know, and like she had questions, she didn't get it. But she's like, okay, well, you know, God's will be done in my life. Yeah, and I think that is totally okay place to be to have these questions and to live with those question marks. And and maybe you come to a place where one by one you can start scratching those question marks off and being like, hey, this makes this actually makes sense now. And maybe not, you know, maybe uh, maybe it takes a while. Uh, Maybe you always live with questions. I don't know. And I think you know God so often gives us enough. Like enough of himself and enough uh, proof, so to speak, and enough evidence to make a choice. But at the same time, there's always a little bit of a leap of faith that, like, he's not going to force you. He's not going to force into a relationship with himself. To force a relationship upon you would be abusive, and God is not abusive. No. So he'll leave the choice up to you. Um, And if you want to live with questions and have a relationship with God, you totally can. Um,
1: Well, yeah, and throughout my last two years of high school, we had one teacher who was uh anti-christian you know mm-hmm. she was anti-religion in general um and i remember that was one of those things that planted a me to think through and 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 come with questions mm-hmm. um i look at hebrews eleven one uh in spanish it's uh or faith is the certainty of what you're hoping for mm-hmm. um uh, la conviction de lo que no se ve, or the conviction of what you can't see you mm-hmm. know it's uh, the evidence of the unseen, yeah faith isn't a blind leap, an illogical irrational belief right it is actually evidence right of what you can't see it's you're believing this because you're hundred percent certain this is true, mm-hmm. so you're convinced in your mind logically this is the best choice right you know um yeah. and for a long time, I thought, well. I just have to believe it, maybe because my because my parents did. Mm -hmm. That's not what God's asking, right? If we have questions, and I had them, I still have a lot of questions. But uh, at this point, I, I I mean, I can't say I am doubting God today. Maybe I'll doubt it tomorrow. (laughs) But, um, but God is bigger than our questions. He He can hold His own, Mm -hmm. definitely. And and that's what that's what uh, I, I. So when I was talking earlier, I taught in a Christian school yeah one of my big challenges to middle schoolers and high schoolers um, would always be, if you have questions, have them now, mm-hmm. have them now, and be honest about them now. yeah, I'll, don't let them fester, definitely, yeah, yeah. go through them, deal mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and ask them. you know um if you have questions about if God is real mm-hmm. or did he create everything? Did he really create everything? You know that that guy said ask them, and yeah. really pursue them honestly. Yeah. Uh a lot of times we pursue them just by listening to some scholar and that's it, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gotta that's be a honest. Good word. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. And um you know, talking about how talking about how it's really up to you to make that decision, um, to pursue uh to pursue truth essentially and to um ask those questions even when they're difficult or scary. Um and also like drawing a line between, you know, this is this was the faith of my parents, but um were they honestly wrong? Um, just thinking about all those things, um, it brings to that something that's been on my mind lately that um, relationship with God is um, is an individual um, commitment and an individual experience and at the same time, it's also uh, a corporate um, it can be a corporate experience as well and a corporate choice and I see that in your stories of like your family, and just the way you interpreted this story for me was that like you know God brought you to a place where you were led to focus more on your family and yeah. you and your family. Are in an essence loving God together. Yes, you know, yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. God is a good God. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and, right.
1: Even and, when things are bad, but but and things were bad, but, but, uh, and, and things were bad mm-hmm. in a sense for for me when I was we were in Bolivia at the time as mm-hmm. as missionaries. Okay. Um. Yeah, and it was a a hard time towards the middle and the end of it because my wife was lonely. Right. Uh. And I and I wasn't I wasn't even. I wasn't meeting her needs, mm. um, and I, I I was confused, mm-hmm. but uh, but I was wrong, <laughs> <laughs> and God was good enough mm-hmm. to allow something painful in my life mm. to pull us back, and then good enough to say, you know what, I'm going to take this dream away from you of being a missionary somewhere else, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to give you something you don't want to do here <laughs> for now, you know, um, but yeah, now. Um, uh, my wife and I are, are invested together in ministry. Yeah. Um, our marriage isn't perfect, but, but, but it's good. Yeah. yeah. It's very good. Right. You know, um, we get to work with uh, other people, other couples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our kids are involved in what we do. Mm-hmm. We have conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's a good life. It is a good life. God, he, he's blessed us.
0: Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, do you have any, um, uh, Is there anything that you'd like to say right now, just uh, as we're wrapping things up, I was going to ask if there's anything you would like to say to perhaps MKs and TCKs who are struggling with their faith, um, who perhaps haven't come to a place of asking those difficult questions, or um, to um, the family and the caregivers of those MKs and TCKs who are trying to help them to um, live in relationship with God um, on an individual level as well as a corporate level?
1: Yeah, to, uh, to MKs, TCKs, uh, I would say, be honest most of all with God. Mm, good word. Yeah, just uh, if you have any questions about who He is, yeah, or if He's real, <laughs> um, ask Him personally. Mm-hmm. If He's real, he, he he can show he can show that. Yeah, He's right. the same God of the Bible. Yeah, um, so He He can definitely show who He is mm-hmm. to you personally. Mm-hmm. Um, to parents, I I would say, I would just want to encourage us, you know, to, uh, to ask the question, what does it love God? Mm. Um, not ministry. Mm-hmm. God is a real person. Yeah. And, uh, to consistently ask myself as a dad, as a, as a husband, what does my relationship with God look like? Um. A few years ago I asked I we we asked our leadership here at, at our church this question. If I asked my son what does dad love? What would he say? Hm. What would he what would his answer be? And then I went home and I asked what does my son love? What Caleb, what do you think I love? <laughs> What's priority on my? What do you think is the thing that is most important to me? Yeah. And hopefully the answer to that would be that uh, dad you love you and mom, you love God. I see that in the way you live um you're what you value and secondly you love us mm-hmm. you care about us mm-hmm. and i know that yeah. you know um yeah. you know and if those two are in order <laughs> <laughs> then i think i think um things will be okay mm-hmm. i mean there's no promise right in the end every um i've talked to a lot of friends who've been on the mission field for years and like you said they're missionary kids who in the end we make our own choices yeah but um that would be my encouragement yeah you know if you have questions go to god Mm -hmm. there's a verse in psalms that says as deep calls to deep Mm -hmm. when you're depressed or down or you you're in the pits of it all Mm -hmm. um god is deeper than than the worst we can be in so yeah yeah good word well, thank you so much, Gabe,
0: for taking the time to speak with us and sharing your story and what's on your heart. And I think a lot of TCKs and a lot of people are going to really resonate with uh, with this. I think that the deep in our conversation is going to call to the deep end in their hearts. That's my prayer, anyway. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. All right.